Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Be Your Own Bank podcast. It's everybody's favorite time of the week, the weekly roundup. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning back in. This week, we are going to talk to you about a new term that maybe you have heard of, maybe you haven't, called wrapping. We are going to be talking to you about the merge, which is a big development in Ethereum. And finally, we're going to talk to you about uh, Samuel Bankman-Fried, the CEO of FTX, and what he has just announced he is going to be doing, which is pretty big. So getting right into it, starting off, rapping. Have you heard of rapping? Wiki, wiki, wiki. Oh, yeah, of course. You practiced that, I can tell. <laughs> um, so rapping in crypto is sort of this feature that allows you to take the value of any particular coin and move it to a different blockchain. Okay. So for example, Bitcoin runs on its own Bitcoin blockchain, but it's kind of slow. It takes 15 minutes, 30 minutes, sometimes even more. And uh, the transaction fees are a little high. So what if you could move that or run it on a different blockchain? Well, you can. It's called wrapping. Okay. So essentially what you're doing is you are giving your Bitcoin to a custodian, a gatekeeper, and they are giving you an equivalent in value on a new blockchain like Ethereum, like wrapped Bitcoin it's called. Um, and then you're able to take that value and send it faster or or stake it on a different platform that you wouldn't normally be able to do because Bitcoin may not have those features. Okay, so if I want, because Bitcoin's expensive to send, right? Yeah. Or Ethereum's expensive to send. Right. So what if I want to take my Ethereum and put it on like the Stellar Lumen network, right? So I'd have a Stellar wrapped Ethereum? Yeah, absolutely. If that's supported, you could definitely do that. So you're essentially just locking up your Ethereum, getting an Ethereum equivalent on Stellar. So you get the value of Ethereum with the features of Stellar. Got it. And then if you want to exchange that back, you could either sell it to somebody who would like to buy it, or you can just give it back to the custodian. They'll burn that, get rid of that Stellar wrapped Ether, and they'll give you your, your original Ethereum back. Okay, so let's use that that example, right? So I've got Ethereum, and I don't want to pay forty dollars to send my Ethereum somewhere. So I wrap that in Stellar Lumen, uh, Stellar Lumen wrapped Ethereum, right? And I send that via the Stellar network, which takes three to five seconds and costs pennies, fractions of a penny. Yep. And so that transaction for me to get that wrapped Stellar Ethereum is probably a couple pennies. And they are minting that as something new. Mm -hmm. And then I send that along the Stellar blockchain. And then I purchase my Ether back with my wrapped Ether. And that's a transaction fee. So I've done three Stellar transaction fees, all for fractions of a penny. And it's taken three to five seconds for that money to be sent versus using the Ethereum blockchain and spending $40. And it's taking minutes to sometimes a half an hour or more to send that same amount of money. Same same effect, but a lot cheaper if I use this wrap process. Yeah, absolutely. And the other the other benefit- Oh, wait, I forgot. Wrapped. <laughs> the other benefit though too is there are a lot of, of uh, platforms that have these unique different currencies that you can't buy unless you have a wrapped version of the, the traded coin that you want to trade. Okay. So if you're using these swap. Yeah, if you're using the swap. So yeah. if you want to get like 
not ape coin, but um, bunny rabbit blue coin. Right. You might have to use a wrap. It's going to 100 X guaranteed. Guaranteed. Bunny rabbit blue coin. If you want that, you might have to wrap a certain currency in order to trade it. So it Got just it. gives you more options. And then especially with, with staking like UST, Terra US dollars, that has to be wrapped onto the anchor platform and you get a, an anchor version of that that's equivalent. Got it. But you you don't always necessarily have to pay attention to that. No, just, you don't. It's just, it's, it's an interesting thing yeah. to know. It's a, it's a term in the crypto verse. And the, the idea is to save yourself some money or to just add more features to the, the thing that you already own. Add more features and maintain that value, right. that trusted value. Moving on. Um, this has been going on for five years. Now we've got a little bit more of a development, which is that the Ethereum blockchain, Ethereum, we love Ethereum, not sponsored. They are updating to Ethereum 2.0. And what does that mean? What does that mean for you if you own some? Well, it means that they're moving from proof of work to proof of stake, meaning that there won't be all these big expensive miners, um, a huge electrical draw on the grid to maintain Ethereum transactions. It's all going to be proof of stake. And so the transition to this, they are calling the merge. Normally, when you have an update on a crypto network, it's called a fork, right. which we talked about in one of our other podcasts. But this is going to be called a merge because the goal is to not have all these different Ethereum coins. I mean, we already have Ethereum Classic. The goal is not to have a bunch of different coins, but to just have one that now has better software. Okay. So there's not going to be a crystal ETH then? Crystal Ether hopefully will not be a thing, although it is a possibility if there is a minority of, of miners that still want to maintain the original integrity of Ethereum as proof of work and, you know, spend a ton of money on electricity and also develop updates to make it work. Um, if they want to do that, they can. We might get Crystal Ether. But it's more than likely not going to happen right. because this merge idea is we have a new software. We have the Windows 11 for right. Ethereum, but we're going to merge Windows 10 and 11 and come up with... 10.5. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So... I didn't know that. I was just guessing. <laughs> <laughs> so right now, you can already interface with Ethereum 2.0. You can do it on Coinbase. You can do it on Kraken. Essentially, you can wrap your Ethereum mm -hmm. into Ethereum 2.0. Now you have this new Ether, currently new Ether, um, but you can't do anything with it aside from accrue more. Right. So... That's where the merge comes in. Once, hopefully, within the next few months to the end of the year, they keep pushing off the date because they, the, if there's any hiccups in the launch, it could be detrimental to crypto as a whole. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's so much money involved. Right. There's, you know, 9 million Ethereum locked in ETH 2.0 right now, which is like almost $30 billion. Um wow. And there, yeah, there's a lot of applications running on Ethereum and that could all be jeopardized if this doesn't go well. So it makes sense that they've been pushing it off. They want it to be perfect. Um, and that's why this beacon chain it's called, which is sort of the, the trial run um, uh, software, the beta, we can call it the beta testing software. It's the new blockchain. It's yeah. the Windows 11. It's Windows 11. Example. Yep. And the main net, right, is Windows 10, right? Yep. yep. Okay, so this new hybrid merged... Ethereum will 
be once they push the purge button the purge button yeah. once the purge begins yep right then now we have this this hybrid ether that everybody that has the same value yep so if if I mean, some people's questions are, well, if I don't stake it, am I missing out? No, you're not. So the Ethereum that you have in Coinbase or the Ethereum 2.0 that you have in Coinbase staked, it's all going to be the same once the merge happens. Then the floodgates open and you can stake and unstake as much as you want. But right now you can only stake. So it's it's locked in there until the merge. Got it. Yep. And you're still making interest if you do decide to stake now. You're yeah. still making interest. If you decide to stake now, you're making 4.6%. You just can't touch it. You can't touch it. So if the market goes down, right. you can't really sell. If it goes right. up, you can't really sell. So you're just kind of betting on the future, which is fine. Um, but yeah, like I said, once the merge happens, you'll have free range to to take it out as you please and sell. Um, but yeah, so hopefully it goes well. They're assuming there won't be many hiccups, but they have prepared for the worst. So the new benefits are that once we move to proof of stake with Ethereum is that the transaction fees are going to go way, way down. The uh, electrical consumption that everyone complains about, Elizabeth Warren, about all these miners, you know, with the proof of work piece of it are causing all these, you know, detriment to the world and, and the ozone layer and all that. That's going to go away. But also the profits from the miners is going to go away. Yeah, that's the con. And, and there is some controversy because a lot of these mining pools, um, groups of miners that are verifying transactions right now and the pools themselves, so the platforms that they're utilizing are going to lose out on a lot of money because you won't be able to use these big computers that you spent thousands of dollars on. And people who are thinking about spending thousands of dollars on computers now are going to lose out because they won't be able to use them to mine Ethereum. Right. And so, great, the network's going to, you know be 99% more efficient in terms of emissions, but those maintaining it now are going to have to switch over to proof of stake or find a different currency to mine. So that's going to make mining other currencies less valuable, meaning you're going to get that because the algorithm for mining gets more difficult, yep. the more people are mining. Yep. So people are going to jump the Ethereum ship mm -hmm. and they're going to go into these other coins. So if you are mining other coins, chances are you're going to mine less. Now, maybe the value goes up more, but you you don't know that. It's just the the amount of people either will be out of proof of work yep, or they like will that. move into a different currency. Yep. And then the other fear is that they'll just get out altogether. So they'll sell their equipment now before they, you know, scrape the last coins out of the proof of work coffers. The problem is if too many miners get off the market, now the hash rate it's called, which is the amount of processing power, is going to go down. And if that happens, that makes the network vulnerable. Okay. Right? Explain. Basically, if there's less people verifying transactions, then less people it will take to jeopardize the security. Oh, okay. So right now it's called a 51% attack. If there's 51% of the miners that group together, band together and say, we want to jeopardize the security or the infrastructure, they could do that. Because there's so many right now, it's virtually impossible, Yeah. right? But if there's less, now let's say it drops 80%. Now there's 20% of the miners that still exist, let's say. It would only take 11% of them to you know, attack the network. Either way... Probably not going to happen, but the developers of ETH 2.0 have thought about that. And what they said is if they notice that that the um, 
the rate is going down too fast, they can just push the merge button basically and push uh, it through. Okay. So, so it would end up being probably a couple more bugs than they were hoping, but it, that's the, the default if, if something does go catastrophic. Yeah. Because all of these transactions and all of this work is being done on the blockchain, so it's 100% transparent. 100% transparent, so all these metrics are, are visible in real time. And so if, if there's some sort of threat coming in, they can just push it forward and hopefully maintain the integrity of Ethereum going forward. I'm excited. I'm excited for it too, and I think most investors should be excited. Miners, maybe not so much, but investors, um, ETH evangelists like us. Um, I like that. We uh, we only stand to gain from it. Yeah. I mean, I will miss the opportunity to get some crystal ETH, but what are you going to do? We could just start that and make it an <laughs> NFT that will get cheaper on Ethereum. We could totally do that. <laughs> we should totally do that. A lot of nitty-gritty information, but it's important. Finally, Samuel Bankman-Fried just came out. Wunderkind. Another one. Remember how we talked about Vitalik last yeah. week? Yeah. yeah. Vitalik, 28 years old. Sam, how, how old is he? Uh, he's still under 30. Under 30. Multi-billionaire. $24 well, billion. Dollars. He's worth $24 billion. $24 billion. So for those of you who don't know who this guy wow. is, he is like, he's a graduate of MIT in physics and mathematics, so he's no slouch. His parents are professors at Stanford, so he's got the right upbringing. And he is, he's just this phenom who, he's the CEO of FTX, the exchange. Um, he is, like I said, he's a billionaire and one of the youngest billionaires, one of the richest people in the world, $24 billion is a lot of money. Um, and there was this article that says that he wants to donate 99% of his salary to charity and charitable causes, which is insane. Could you imagine Jeff Bezos saying something like that? No. So the math works out to him making about $100,000 a year, which is more than enough to live. And that's what he even said. And he's, uh, he's a utilitarian, which is basically a philosophy. Um, and their philosophy is making the world the best place we can. Yeah. Which I think is great. And that's kind of what Vitalik was talking about too. Is yeah. That, you know, we are, like we said, the meek will inherit the earth. Well, mm. This guy is one of the meek for sure. Oh, yeah. So 99% of his wealth, close to $10 million a year is what he'll be donating. Um, and it's, it's called effective altruism. So he was the director of development at the Center for Effective Altruism and for a few months. And that, you know, kind of spurred his, his thought process on giving and, and earning to give. So it's mm. just like, man, this is what we're talking about, right? Is that yeah. now we've got this opportunity to showcase these, these highly intelligent people who are in it for the right reasons, you know, and this idealism. It's God, I'm like, it's so refreshing because Bezos my, isn't going to do that. No. My only question though is what's he going to do with the other 24 billion? Well, it sounds like he wants to give away all of his money and live wow. off of a hundred thousand dollars. I mean, this guy wears a dirty FTX t-shirt and, and cargo shorts. Like that's how he rolls. Wow. You know, like he's seen the money and he sees that that's not the future and that's not what makes you happy. And people have asked him time and time again, oh, are you going to reassess this in a year? Are you going to reassess this in five years? No, 
This is his philosophy. Wow. And he wants to live this way. And I just, I mean. More power to him. Unbelievable, right? Yeah. Like who, I would love to be able to do that. But and would you? Do you think you would? Absolutely. I think I could live off $100,000. But if you had $24 billion, would you give it away? Or would you would you allocate it like Warren Buffett when you die, it goes to these charities? No. You know what? A wise person once showed me that giving money to people and seeing them enjoy it, it there's nothing better in life. Mm. So for me... I, I hope to be able to emulate that someday. I hope there's an opportunity to say, hey, this is enough. This is enough to live on. This is enough to be happy. Right. I can, I can do whatever I need to with this money. And the rest goes to people who need it more than I do. Shoot, I should become a utilitarian. You know, if this, this guy's one of the richest people in the world and he's saying, I don't want to be. <laughs> yeah. No, I've heard of a couple other people doing that, but I wonder if if more will will follow suit. I mean, he he donated fifty million dollars to pandemic relief. He's donated to Ukraine. He's he has given money out to all the uh, um, people in Ukraine who have an FTX account. He's given out free money, right? Right. You know, so he's putting his money where his mouth is, and to have somebody like this who's not big dick contest to the moon—that's not what he's about. You know, he's about people and changing lives and, and giving opportunities and, and helping like effective altruism. I love, I love it. that. I like that. Because altruism is great, but if it's not effective, what's the point? Right. You know, right. it's like likes on Facebook. Oh, cool. Are you really helping that cause by giving them a like or an emoji on Facebook? No, you're not. Are you by donating billions of dollars? Yeah, you are. Cool. Well, sounds like a good guy to me. SBF. Yeah, I'll be excited to see where where this where this money is going to go and how many people he can help. Well, and how many more SBFs and Vitalics we create out of this? Mm -hmm. Be and they're reinvesting because they've gotten there to the peak. And instead of trying to get more, they go, "How much can I give?" That's super cool. Well, that's the roundup, guys and gals. Thanks for tuning in. All right, let's take a look at those charts. All right, let's take a look at Bitcoin. Right now, we are sitting at about 43.6. So we have been ranging in this bear flag for quite some time now, since the beginning of the year. Last week, we came up and we touched this 200-day moving average, confirming it as resistance. Now we're heading back down to the support level. We've got three support levels. You can see in this blue circle here, we've got 40,000 as a previous support. It's been touched many times. We have the bottom of the bear flag, which is 38 to 40. And we have the top of this previous resistance, this green line here. If we can turn that into support and maintain the other two supports, then there is a good chance that we go back up. This is why I said mid-April, we're going to make a decisive move. It's either going to bounce here and move up, or it's going to linger here for a little bit and crash down. If it does crash down, 30K is back on the table, 25K. There's a lot that could happen. This is still technically a bear flag. So be conscious of that. The nice thing about ranging when it comes to Bitcoin is the altcoins will perform better while Bitcoin is ranging. If Bitcoin is very volatile, then altcoins tend to be volatile as well. So I would be looking for more opportunities in altcoins right now as Bitcoin is ranging 
since it's still trying to make a decision. If we look on the weekly, this head and shoulders is still in play, but it's been ranging for a little bit. So less likely the head and shoulders will play out. Typically what happens with the head and shoulders is it'll break down. It'll come back and touch the previous support, turning it into resistance, and then you'll see that crash. We got some stability here, some ranging. If we can maintain this 100 day moving average on the weekly in green here, then we're still safe. And you can see this big giant bullish flag formation is still in play as well between 65 and 45. So I'm still slightly bullish on the market, but I am not all in yet. If we take a look at total market cap, same scenario, we got this bearish flag touched the resistance around the 200 day moving average in purple, came back down to range. Right now we're in the middle of the range, so we're gonna have to make a decision pretty soon here. All right, let's go on to our dollar cost averaging. First, I have HBAR. HBAR has been in this bullish pennant for quite some time now. It has broken out, is testing the previous resistance as support. So if this bounces, you could see a good return on the investment there. I'd put a little bit of money into H bar. Next, UMA, UMA, been grinding down, down, down for the last year or so. I think we're close to a bottom here. We did get a volume spike a couple weeks ago. It's consolidating a bit, but it will likely pump again soon. And lastly, Filecoin. Filecoin has been beat up as well. It's close to its bottom. I think Filecoin's a good opportunity to throw a few bucks at. That's it for the charts, gang. We are the Bit Bros. Remember, we are not licensed financial advisors. All content is intended for educational purposes only. Please do your own research and only risk what you're willing to lose. We'll see you next week. Please remember to like and subscribe on YouTube. You can also check us out on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week.